Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is a movie I waited and I waited and I waited to rewatch. It is The Sacrament, produced by Eli Roth, directed by our boy Ty West. Now, this rounds out our director blocks. First director block, Rob Zombie. Second director block, Panos Cosmatos. That's right, the boy that did Mandy. And now we got the boy that did House of the Devil. That was day 13 this year of the 31 Days of Dread. And uh, our previous episode, day 22, was the Innkeepers. This, the sacrament, uh, according to Wikipedia, was billed as his first serious movie. This movie is serious. This movie is terrifying. This movie is horrific. And this story, what we see before us, is based on a real-life incident this movie spun my head i've only seen it two times both times it spins my head can we hit that intro and discuss ty west and eli roth's the sacrament welcome back welcome back welcome back i am peter a deluca aka pad aka pad aka daddy or just some guy on your ear it, through the airwaves, through the, the miracle of modern technology that is obsessed, that loves discussing movies and pop culture with you, the listener. And look, big shout out, big thank you. Every single year that I do the 31 Days of Dread, it spikes. Now, here's the crazy thing. All my traffic, all my system, everything spikes. And it spikes when I fall behind and do multiple uploads throughout the day and i don't know uh analytically uh, it's hard for me to pinpoint how and why because uh the ak pad audio audacity podcast that's what you're listening to is it's on veil it's available on so many platforms and but the one platform that is somewhat of a um like focal point or uh, uh, barometer, I'll say, is iTunes, of course, uh, the iTunes podcast uh, player. Uh, if you have an iPhone, there's a there's an iTunes uh, or a podcast icon that's purple that brings you into like the iTunes podcast store. It's a little complicated. And there is, you know, like, that is where I kind of get the least traction. You know, I seem to be growing on any other network. And it's definitely linked to, uh, yeah, when I do uh, two to three episode uploads a day. And I think it's somewhat with my length. Because every year when I do 31 Days of Dread, I, I try and get a little bit better of, uh, like, you know, like pretty much the story I tell. Every single one of these episodes, it's a story. It's a little bit of a documentation. Uh, some of it's a brain dump. Some of it's anecdotal, like, stories to open things up. And sometimes it's just me telling you guys the struggles I go through. And this year, uh, already, you know, I already spoken about it. Uh, hard, hard drive mishap. I had one of the busiest weeks all year going into October. Uh, you know, like starting in October. That may have ended today. Uh, you know, uh, some of these IT projects I'm involved in. They, they, they can keep going and going. They slow down and they, they, can, they can ramp back up. So there's just been a lot. And if you fall behind, you just continue to fall behind. And But the entire time I'm falling behind, 
I'm still watching horror movies. I'm adjusting the programming, taking movies in, taking movies out, rearranging the, the sequencing. Because I feel like that's very important. Uh, this year with the pairings, I really wanted to have thoughtful, intelligent pairings. I just didn't want to put movies together. And before we get in, into the sacrament, uh, I've seen the sacrament one other time. And it took me a little bit to see this movie again. Uh, just for timing, different reasons. And I'm happy I did. I'm really happy I did. Because this movie blew me away again. Now, this is the Ty West that I know, that I love, from House of the Devil. Not the Innkeepers. The, the Innkeeper Ty West is almost... Uh, I just really feel like that's something he may have started when he was really young. You know, maybe in school. And he had the resources to bring it to fruition. But The Innkeepers essentially is a you know it's a 30 minute movie at best uh there's not enough meat on the bone for that one it's really hard to get engaged uh, with the characters even though the characters are like good the the actors portraying them are good uh there's so many good elements in that movie it just doesn't coagulate it doesn't come together but real quick so let me let's go into the rest of the 31 days of dread and look hey even this year, we uh, we kind of skipped day 15. So we're going to have a makeup episode. <laughs> it's a mess. The 31 Days of Dread this year is a horror show of itself. Uh, day 24 will be Chud. Day 25 will be Return of the Living Dead. Now, this is what I'm calling. Right here we go. 80s environmental horror. I love it. Day 26 and day 27 is Great Flick, same titles. The Prophecy. 1978 the prophecy 1998 and then uh, i've been back and forth i watched a lot of sequels this year i wanted to do sequels you know like not two sequels a movie and then it's sequel it's follow-up i never seen reanimator okay that's a bucket list movie so it's reanimator and bride of reanimator now day 30 and day 31 rounding everything out is a thread that started last year. Now, the 31 Days of Dread in 2017, one of the last episodes, might have been day 29, was Universal's Dracula. And, you know, like, that really blew me away. So the following year, I wanted to do a deeper dive into the Universal, the black and white Universal movies. You know, like, kind of like the ones I started off. So we did The Wolfman, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Frankenstein, and the Egg, so on and so forth. I was very happy with that thread. And one of the other uh, ideas that emerged out of that was almost like the 90s revival of these characters all outside Creature from the Black Lagoon. For some reason, Creature from the Black Lagoon gets updated in, like, schlock movies. It doesn't get updated by a major studio. So, we have uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. We have Stephen Somers uh, with The Mummy. And I wanted to do Wolf with Jack Nicholson. And I wanted to do Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. To really round out kind of like the 90's Monster Squad. And then, uh, for day 15, uh, I'm going to go to like a Twitter promise. 
because the the producer and I we follow each other. It's a movie called The Chair. It's available on Amazon Prime, and I recommend everyone watch it. It's based on a independent comic book, and and there you go. Like that rounds out the thirty one days of dread. So we're you know we're we're publishing late. So look, even following this, you you can probably expect Chad Chad and Return of the Dead as like like a one two upload, just because those two movies are completely incredible, completely mind blowing, and for some weird reason, uh, they don't have action figures, which is weird because they have des- great enough designs to have action figures and other artwork, and they don't have remakes. I love it, kids. I really do. Yeah, I'm spinning my own head here talking to you. So, that's some of your updates here. And I do apologize because we have Terminator coming up and we have Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker coming up. There is a lot. There is there is a lot of content coming to you by, you know, I will say even by December because I'm thinking of doing a dedicated Star Wars run where every single episode, every single episode will be a Star Wars movie, TV show, spe- TV special. Because, yeah, there's been, I guess, three original, maybe four. Like, if you count Clone Wars, like four original Star Wars specials for TV. You know, going back to the holiday special. So, it took me a little bit to see this movie. Now, when I was behind, you know, I was desperate to catch up. And I thought I could just sit down... And watch the sacrament. And I watched the trailer. I'm like maybe the trailer will jog my memory. Maybe it'll just bring enough back. And it didn't. And then I got a little. You know I started to freak out. So I waited until I had a window to watch the movie. And I was very happy I did. Because I think if I sat down and blindly spoke about this movie. I would be off. I really would. Because there's points in this movie. That 100% work okay 1000 and there's other parts of this movie that do not okay now you know look I, I might might be you know like I might be a little contradictory there the the parts of this movie that really really do work is the acting it's the setup it's how do we get into the situation and it is what the situation is once we're there okay now, in the intro, in, the, in in our little opening, I said that this is based on a true event. This is based on the Jonestown Massacre. The Jonestown Massacre happened November 18th, 1978. Now, in this movie, <laughs> I think 146 people commit mass suicide. Spoiler here. Hey, if you're new here, guess what? We talk spoilers. Uh, and the the true life massacres like this this is somewhat of a definition of how how awful the real world is compared to what Hollywood could imagine it as. Okay, nine hundred people died in the original mass suicide. They call it a massacre. Um, you know, mass massacre, mass suicide. You know, like it's horrific. So this movie portrays a lot of what is happening as 
uh, sympathetic, as lost, as sad, and believe it or not, as hopeful. Because the whole point of this movie is you can create a perfect society. You can. You can go out there, okay? You can do it. People, a lot of people have. You know? But each one, the reason why these stories resonate, okay, is because they don't last for long. They don't. But they're perfect. They're perfect long enough to build entire little city-states. And they control the local economy. They control the local government. They get involved and they start, you know, passing laws and legislation that allow them to build and run roads and run rivers and run electricity and become, you know, somewhat, if it, you know, self-sufficient, but kind of not really at the same time. You know, th- this is a pattern of these groups. Now, the reason why this is important, too, because... I, I wish this was the Jonestown Massacre. I wish that this took place in the 70s. But it takes place modern day. And it's hard for us to grip. There, there's a little bit of a disconnect there. In us gripping this because it's modern day. It's modern day because, look, it's quick and it's low budget. Okay? It's, it's hard. It's hard to shoot period movies. And maybe Ty West didn't want to do another 70s throwback movie okay he didn't want to do maybe another period piece like he did with house of the devil i you know like again 100 percent get that but we do lose something now this movie is essentially about vice and it's awesome that they got vice involved with this this guy's looking for his sister he gets a letter his sister's at this shangri-la city on the shining hill and him and the vice guys go to investigate and they, they, they start to shoot the story about this compound, this commune that she's involved with. And, you know, as soon as they get there, something's up. Now, when I first saw this movie, I didn't know about the Jonestown Massacre. I was thinking based on... Uh, like again, like the trailer. If you watch the trailer for this movie, you think there's something weird. You think something supernatural is happening. You think this movie movie is a lot like Day One, Midsummer. You think it has a horror hook. You think there'll be sacrifices and weird deaths, all that stuff. But no, this is about people's desperation and the hope that they have in the world, and kind of when they're down and out. When you're addicted to drugs, when you have no other recourse, and you want to make your life right, you have this hope, you have a desperate hope. And this movie illustrates that perfectly, what people are willing to do within desperate hope. Now, the disconnection, because this movie has, has its fair share of disconnections. It's not long enough. We need more. We, I, same thing with Midsommar. We need more from that movie. We need more about the cult. This movie has an interview sequence. You know, it's like a Vice interview. And Gene Jones plays father. Now, he's based, you know, look, I'm not making this part history lesson. He's based on the guy behind Jonestown. This guy 
disappears. He disappears. This father character is, is him. He emerges. I don't know how you don't get a Academy Award nomination. This guy is so good. But they do this interview sequence, which is in the middle of the movie. It's like 40 minutes in. And it, it's, it's your anchor. It anchors the movie. Because it gives you all of these explanations and it leaves enough open. Because, this again, this movie has an eerie quality. But what he speaks about during this, this, this interview sequence, you know, he's just speaking to the audience. He's explaining it all. And, you know, that's a scene that Midsommar needed, but it doesn't have. And it's masterful. Now, from that point on, we have a couple other characters. We have the brother-sister dynamic. And it's, it's people wanting to leave. It's people having to stay. And then, you know, everyone starts committing suicide. You start drinking the Kool-Aid. And two of our, like, three guys that get there come out, okay? There is a great death sequence uh, with, I believe, AJ, uh, uh, Sam Turner, and, uh, <laughs> a I'm sorry, it's uh, AJ, AJ Bowen. Okay, and Amy submits. There's a death sequence between the two of them. That is one of the best death sequences you're ever going to have. She kills her brother in this scene. And it is horrible to watch. It's so sad. It's so sad watching someone who's confined to a chair. You're tied up. You're injected with something. And you know you're about to die. What You know, like, it's it really is. So... This movie is a guaranteed watch. Doing the research around this movie about Jonestown is guaranteed. Do it before this movie. Do it after. Now, when I first saw this movie, I think it, were, it was on Netflix. And Netflix also had the Jonestown documentary. So I was able to like do this deep dive. I, you know, like, this is one of the things I hate about Netflix, about rotating things off. I mean, that one-two like, combination is golden golden to be on netflix and and it, it's i don't think either one's there because i tried to look so you know like really rounding out the 31 days of dread um you know like we're, we're doing more just straight up like easy like easy identifiable horror this movie is it's a lot like the joker you know like the the concept and 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 the the, the content within the the idea for the movie is is horrible, okay? And there's there's discussing things that happen, but it's you know kind of maybe not a horror movie. This maybe could be more of a thriller, but it sticks with you. It it, it kind of echoes in your head when you watch it, but it's still not a perfect movie. A lot of the performances are not there. Some of this is shot in first person, and some of it's not. It can go from scene to scene. You know, or like even shot to shot. It's like first person perspective, kind of Blair Witchy, Cloverfieldy, you like you know, like found footagey, and then it's not, and that's where it's a little jarring. But it does have that news aspect, so like you know, some of it's explainable, some of it's not. But it's always weird when people talk in the cameras with these. Like it kind of needs to flow. It needs to have a particular flow. That's why I think Cloverfield works so well because there's a lot of people in frame at the same time to they're talking like, you know, there's very little talking to the camera. OK, but if that makes any sense. OK, this movie, the point I'm getting at is this movie has flaws. 
but it doesn't have enough flaws for you not to see. It doesn't have enough of a message for you not to jump into it. And anyone out there that just wants to see, uh, again, the range of a filmmaker, this is one of the definitions of Ty West. This, This shows you how good he really is. This shows you how much he needs to keep working because I, he will only get better. This was what I was hoping that the innkeepers would be, but it's not. And this movie is also a definition of what was really happening in the 70s and the self-help movement and EST. And, you know, it kind of goes back to Scientology and Dianetic, Dianetics. That was published in 1950. And 20 years of that rolling into the lexicon, rolling into the culture, selling 100 million copies, some ridiculous number, and a post-hippie era, okay, within the culture that kind of led to self-help, that led to these compounds. So many of these places are, like, existed, and people gave up their entire lives to kind of have somewhat of a communistic or socialistic approach to living, and horrible things happen to them one by one. But look, everyone, go check this out for the 31 Days of Dread, day 23. This is Peter. Let's get ready for some straight-up horror with Chud. Day 24 and Day 25, Return of the Living Dead. We're doing it 80s environmental horror. You have to love it. Until next time, I love you and rock and roll.